You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we look at the print media here in County Clare, the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion, and we tell you what's worth reading in it and maybe guide you a little bit along the way. Uh, delighted to have uh, a full panel around the table, uh, not every one of our usual panel, but uh, we have John S. back again from his holidays. Good to see you, John. Indeed, and I'm thoroughly delighted to be back. Great, and relaxed, I and hope, relaxed. and refreshed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you. Thanks, Jim. We don't have David this week, uh, but we do have off the bench again for the second week in a row, uh, third week in a row, is Tom Hanley. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Jim. I suppose I could soon nearly, you know... Lay claim to a full-time place, so I think... Yeah, you'll get your, your CID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, also um, on production today is Luke Fleming, and maybe he might join in, throw in the odd word here and there. So welcome, everybody, and good to have you at home joining us as well. Looking at the front page, I suppose, in both the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo... Uh, on the on the Clare Echo, it says Ashling a winner in our eyes, and the headline in the Clare Champion: Clare Rose steals the heart of a nation. <coughs> and, and I suppose anyone who saw it uh, during the week would say that is definitely true. That uh, it made uh, Ashling O'Connor made a huge impact, even though she didn't win the Rose of Tralee. But I think she was uh, a great winner on the night. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, Jim. You know, uh, she was my favourite. No. And I saw, I think, most of the, the roses kind of, but I thought she was particularly good. And, the, you know, Catherine Thomas, who was one of the co-presenters, she was moved to tears while she was saying, you know, she really had that. But I can tell you, Ashling has a bright future ahead of herself, you know, because she's gone literally viral in social media and things like that. And somebody's going to pick her up at, at something other. She has, she's made a, an everlasting name for her. Person. And she is more than entitled to it. Because Tom, she's what about what about the communal response? The community the, response. Yes. Yeah. I well, mean, she really highlighted that, you know, and it gets mentioned there in the editorial and the Clare Champion kind of, you know, the way the community, um, I suppose, rounded up and supported that family, you know, and she really described that in detail, you know, which is it's great. Does it say something about about that sense of community? How strong it, it is here in and in says something about Clare, fecal. It, it does say it something does. about fecal. Doesn't and fecal people much. should be very proud of the way yeah. they were portrayed yeah, by Ashling. Yeah, and yeah. fair play to them. Yeah. But it does, John. I think you know there there are similar responses from time to time, different but similar in other parishes around East Clare, and it's uh, that word community means something apparently very strongly in the culture of Clare. And as a non-Clare person myself, I mean, I would have found it quite, quite an extraordinary uh, reality coming to live here. And how about you, Tom? Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, it's a, it's a <laughs> you're like myself. Yeah, a blow-in for, for <laughs> yeah. the last what, 45 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the editorial there on the Clare Champion, page 10, and Jim, uh, Clare Rose Blooms in the Kingdom. So um, the, the, the editor of the Clare Champion paid great tribute to him, as Tom already said there, in his, uh, in his article there on the, uh, the editorial. And so now this, and like, you know, she had five brothers earlier than herself, and so she's only 21 years, so uh, it's, it's um, you know, it's great testimony 
12 inches. This was, this was now she was very good on the very good now on the night. Yeah. So hopefully anyway, she's a primary school teacher. Yeah, she, uh, she's teaching. in Crumbling in Dublin, but she's going back to play or whatever she's going she didn't say where she was going teaching, but she's going back. She'll be able to choose her school, I'd say. She certainly yes. was. Uh, without quicker, a doubt. Quicker. Anyway, that's a wonderful and, and just a, an uplifting week. Um, you know, and of course, Ashling has been uh, interviewed a few times on Scarif Bay Community Radio, and you know, we've, we've got wonderful feedback from her interviews as well, and rightly so. I remember, Pat, when I was a young fella, uh, when the, I think the 1969 election took place, Dr. Bill was elected here in Clare. But um, it was the constituency of Clare South Galway. Yeah. Are we going to be facing back to that again? It looks like, uh, well, we, we don't really know. Um, there's, a, the, the, there's an article here in the, the Hidden article in the Clare Champion. Electrical battle lines look set to be redrawn. Commission expected to announce changes to Clare's electrical boundaries. But when you read the article, then Norman seems to know Michael McNamara was asked about it, and he said he, said he has a lot of rumours, but there's nothing concrete and concrete on it. And um, I suppose Cahill Crow is it the same way. Um, I suppose they could, they could do different things. They could take a bit of clay, or maybe, and put it in a Glenwick, or they could put in a bit with Tipperary, or maybe a bit with Galway. That's what they're, they're saying here. Yeah. Pat, from a listener's point of view, why is this question rising now in terms of Clare? I the overall picture in the country, uh, uh, John, there's to be a certain amount of people to, to each to lead. And they have to balance it out, I suppose. That's, that's, that's the way I don't know. Yeah, I think the, the article mentions 128,000 people in Clare, which is yeah, maybe 8,000 more than... 8,000 more than, than the justifying, quota. yeah. Yes. Yeah. The max is kind of 30,000 people per seat, per mm. TD. Yeah. yeah, so we've exceeded the four, you know. I imagine... So rather than having a fifth one just for, let's say, the extra 8,000, they'll probably find another eight to 10,000 people someplace else. Yes. That's, there. Where th that's not taken as a given that we're going to be... No, it might not happen. It's, as Pat says, it's only speculation. Yeah. And yeah. Jim, I mean, uh, speculation is very, very interesting. In politics, we live there. on speculation. We do actually. indeed. So, what about what are the likely options? Let's say, if you were the commissioner in charge of the the committee, hmm. seeing to this question of whether, in fact, we'll have an extra. Well, back in the sixties, we were brought in with South Galway, so Tom would feel very much at home. At home. Yeah. Yes. I remember Dr. Bill canvassing in Portumna when I was a young lad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. My father would have known him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the other the other option I suppose would be the Parteen area there, Blackwater. That's uh, and what effect would that have, Jim? Do you think on on individuals? Well, it's actually a big effect on Cahill Crow. Yeah, Cahill Crow would not like that because mm. it would be taking a huge chunk of votes mm -hmm. from. Was there some of that area mm -hmm. in with Limerick? Stage. Well, it was. Before, I think it's yeah. not long back. The last time was the first time it just came back. The last election was that the first was time. That clear was as a county entity. That was, uh, Is that right? Because it's just, yeah. Yeah. In a while. Yeah. So that speculation, so, I mean, that'll, uh, that'll put a bit of heat into the uh, general election. In Clare, won't it? We might have to report from two count centres <laughs> yeah. at the next election. Yeah. On this station. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll anyway, do it. We'll, we'll keep our eye on it. Yeah. 
Um, there are quite a number of uh, health matters on the papers uh, this week as well. I'm looking at the front page of the Clare Echo. No CT scanner for Ennis Hospital until November. Uh, and that's an article by Porrick McMahon. And the, um, in the Clare Champion, there's a kind of a two-page spread, I think, uh, page six and seven, where it says the exodus of Clare healthcare professionals and the other headline, frustration, uh, Dan Danner has frustration grows, grows over hospital petition in action. And then half of all operating theatres lying idle in the Midwest. Mm. So there's a, there's a lot of, of serious issues there. No, I'm just, I'm just the, the, the headings. Exodus of Clare Healthcare Professionals. Hmm. Yeah. And where, that, are the, where, where are they heading to it, uh, Jim, do you think? Well, they're, they're talking about lack of promotion. Uh, lack of... You it know, isn't the properly con constituted profession at all. And, and I suppose people are going. It doesn't say where they're going, but they are certainly leaving. Well, but a lack we know of advancement that, opportunities. That's mm, what they want. We know yeah. a lot of them are, are going abroad. They're going to yeah. Australia. They're going to very Canada, various yeah. other places. Do nurses still go to the Middle East? It used to be a big... No, not not as much you're talking about it, as... Yeah. But Australia, of course, picking up a lot well, of... For all our junior yeah. doctors yeah. are going there, you know. Yeah. Teachers but tend to go to the Middle East. Yes, fair bit now. That, that's that's an interesting one. It's it's not referred to in the uh, about the t teachers. Did Jim? Were you aware that there are literally thousands of trained Irish teachers working abroad? Mm. And I gather from what research I've come across, there are lots and lots of them anxious to come back to Ireland, mm. but they do not get acknowledgement of their years uh, experience service. Of, of service abroad. So, yeah. Tom, if you were, if you were a, a teacher and went to Australia to raise a, a, a few bob to be able to pay a down payment on a house, yeah. and you're desperately anxious to come back, and I'm the Minister for Education, I'm anxious to make sure that in Pat's school, okay, he has teachers, he's the principal, he has teachers, available to him, but these are abroad. And I, I'm being asked as a minister, for God's sake, will you cop on? All you've got to do is make one simple change in the regulation, acknowledge the experience. So instead of bringing them in at the bottom of the scale, they get credit for at their the, experience. In whatever yeah. incremental. Mm. Hey, yeah. lads. Makes it, sense. Makes sense. Yeah. But they won't make it so bloody obvious? What the, do you think, Luke? They won't make them permanent either. Huh? See, there's an awful lot of teachers that aren't permanent. They're permanent. You know, they're but first of all, well, at least if they're not permanent, they're here in Ireland. Yeah. But, I mean, you're, you're beyond in, in, in Australia. Yeah. And you send in your application, and after three months, you, they let you know, no. Yeah. Mm. Because, yeah. why? Because that's the way it always was. Biggest problem with teachers in the recent times, if you if read the media, is that um, young teachers working in Dublin, cost of living is so oh, high up yeah. there, you know, oh. and they can't get teachers in Dublin. Yeah. You know, and those that are up there are anxious to move back down the country again, where it's maybe live at home for a few years or it's accommodation is more reasonable anyway. In London, they, for years, they had a special allowance for teachers working in the city. Yes. Yeah. Lads. It's 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 not a 
a difficult question to resolve, but the lack of, of energy that's being applied to that, they make it. And the other thing, I suppose, is that so many teachers, particularly second level teachers, yeah. are on very low hours. They're on small mm -hmm. hours. Yeah. They might be on, you know, I think it's 22 hours a week or something like, but yes. they might be on 10 hours a week. Yes. And they still have to live. They yeah. still, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a problem. And then for primary teachers, you know, they have to go around for certainly up to four or five years subbing mm -hmm. yeah. to build up enough credits to, to be in line for a permanent job. Yeah. So, so I mean, four, four young fellas played senior hurling with us last yeah. year. And there were four more teachers and they went to Australia. No, I mean, they'll come back if yeah. we give them uh, uh, acknowledgement of the, okay. uh, yeah. of the experience in Australia. Yeah. Are they teaching in Australia or are they going to do something else? Well, they're going to do, I, I, I don't know what time they're, they're doing sure today. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, why does this not happen, Tom? Yeah. Things move very slowly in the Department of Education. I know maybe all the other departments are the same. Nobody seems to want to take a decision in case... Uh, you make a mistake. <laughs> make a mistake or, or you, you create a precedent. Yes. yes. And, and that's the big fear. In It doesn't surprise me in the least. It, it makes sense, John, as you say it there. Yeah, yeah. But th that doesn't surprise me that something doesn't happen because just because it makes sense isn't a good enough reason for it to be... And on that, as you say there, about the failure to make a decision, we, we set out from uh, the um, exodus of Clare Health Care Professionals. On the other page beside it, as frustration grows over hospital petition inaction. And then in the middle of that second page, there's a heading which is eye-opening. Half of all operating theatres lying idle in, in the Midwest, Midwest region. Now... Let our listeners reflect uh, on that. Half of all operating theatres lying idle in the Midwest region. Wouldn't you want to be asking as a citizen, why are they idle mm. with people waiting so much for various types of operation? They, they don't the answer you get on that. Ah, but you see, you might have a specialist, but you haven't got the, the backup operators. You know, you haven't got the, the team, backup, yeah. the team. The so the, that's what they said. But, but something that Luke often talks about when he's on this program is planning. And yeah. like to suddenly discover you don't have a whole load of people that you need yeah. as backup. I mean, like it's 12 months ago, that should have been a factor. Yes. Yeah. You know, it does strike about the, the you know, the management of, of the hospitals seems to be crazy. And is there a reason for that? I mean, I, I don't want to come down heavy on management. Maybe they're they're on they're strung <laughs> by some other uh, department of finance or whatever. Yeah. But like, it it does seem like a, a huge management issue. Yeah. And the whole thing of like they do an IMO uh, trolley watch for Thursday, Friday, and Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday of last week. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of the week gone by. And in each case, the, the 71 is the lowest trolley, uh, 109 is the highest, highest, which was this last Monday. Yeah. And in every day, Ennis, no one on a trolley. Uh, Nina, no one on a trolley. Like, think, 
closing Nina and Ennis in crazy. the way they did was crazy. Yeah. And I mean, but I, no one wants to say that. Marie McMahon from the assignment, <coughs> from back, not clearly, just in the assignment area. She brought her husband to UL in 2018 and he was on a trolley. He died on the trolley. Now she's, in, she's on the action committee for, for the Miss West for the, the hospitals. She was on the other morning on Clare Finn. And she said, for 400,000 people is in the Midwest area, and that hospital has to cater for 400,000 people. 180,000 in Dublin. They don't, they don't, they don't deserve it. They don't, uh, yeah. uh, the figures on it. 180 in Dublin for an accident in emergency. 400,000 in Limerick. And it is less than, it is down to 140 in, in various counties around. And we have so 400,000. We have 400,000 mm. because you have, you have Limerick, you have Tipperary, and now Tipperary, and you're out of care to win to, to, win to the, uh, into Limerick. And the Minister for Health was on the radio during the week. I heard him on News Talk, and he said, really what's responsible for all this, two things, Putin and COVID. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's yeah. the, but I mean, the, the, uh, the, this was a huge problem long before. No, it was always a problem. It's a problem for the last 15 years or 20 years. Yeah. Okay, Maybe see, but go back again. Let's take like sometimes like UHL, and I've never been to any of those theatres, thankfully. But if a proper elaborate theatre with elaborate equipment is set up, they should really operate around the clock on that, you know? So and they yeah. just operate maybe nine to five. Or, yeah, I like to do when they have a team seven the, days a week. Yeah, and when they don't have a full team, then there's everything is postponed except for yeah. Yeah, uh, urgent cases, really urgent cases. Yeah, they're closed at the weekend, Tom, and they're yeah. closed on the night. Yeah. Well, so if you go to the, you could get a, if you if you want to go into the government clinic, you could be called at four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. You know, private yeah. private places they'll call you at four in the morning. They're using their facilities better. It's yeah. Saturday night at nine o'clock or Sunday at twelve o'clock or whatever. Yeah. You know? Okay, we'll go on. Tom, if you, if you wanted to slow down uh, the number of pyrite um, applications for assistance, what's the best way of doing it? <laughs> <laughs> Make the application for it more difficult, is it? Yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, the, the, another headline on the Clare Champion. Homeowners being hampered by cumbersome application process. Just as an aside, Jim, before you delve into that, I was reading during the week, I think it was in the Times, about these derelict buildings, you know. To apply for a building or a, a grant, and there's generous grants available for doing yeah. derelict buildings, 70,000 for the yeah, building. But yeah. you can't get the grant or apply for the grant unless there's an air code for the building. Yeah. And there are no air codes for derelict buildings. No. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So maybe it's, is that a bit, is something like that to just make it next impossible to fill the bloody form. You don't get any money until you have the, the work complete. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can't roll down half it and you have to work on you, you You have to have the... the, the Do it up front. And then, mm. and then you have to get the money. You have to get, you know, you have to try and get the money somewhere to, to complete the work. Yes. Um, there's, anyway, there's so many questions to be answered. You have to show proof of the fact that you got planning permission. And, of course, a lot of particularly older people are not as computer literate as maybe <laughs> yeah. some younger people are. Yes, yes. There is no option there given, is there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to show evidence of uh, planning permission, your PPS number, tax clearance certificate, local property tax proof of ownership, proof of identity, proof of dwelling is in a principal place for every residence, tax credit certificate, statement of liability, social insurance document, building condition assessment, 
and can and can in compliance. Now that's all the you know, all the different uh, hmm. things you have to comply with. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile someone is in a building that's half falling down and and you know the stress that that would bring. Yeah. Um, Do you notice notice that over the year, looking back on the previous programs, frequently we find ourselves sitting on judgment on civil service think or lack of think. You know what I mean by, by that? Forestry engaged us, you recall, on weeks on end uh, as we tried to get a speed up on license applications for some aspect of forestry. Okay. Do you see on the paper the other day that the target, the national target for forestation, the national target for last year, only achieved a quarter, a quarter of the amount of tree planting that was in the national plan. Yeah. A quarter. For lack of approval, is it a lack of license? Well, it could be, yes, for license approval. Could be for road approval. It could be, you know, or it could be, could be. Well, I'm wondering what else could it be. Yeah. But of course, there was a huge delay in the felling licenses. There was. So therefore, if you can't fell the blinking trees, you can't plant <laughs> new ones. Do you know? <laughs> That's so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's um. <clears throat> anyway, we'll go on again. I'll see in page two of the Clare Champion. Uh, the council has refused planning permission for the. Wind farm near Kilrush. Um, Why did they refuse it, Tom? I think is impact it? on the area is 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 a lot of it. Uh, the size of the thing and the, it would be damaging to the rural character of the area. Owen Ryan has a piece. What does that mean, actually, in the name of that? I'm not quite. I mean, sure. well, you don't find tree forests growing in the middle of O'Connell Avenue in Limerick, mm. uh, you know. You're only talking about four turbines I see here, but they're, they have a blade height of up to 150 metres, which is quite big, but mm. the distance, that's not. Look, put it this way, I much prefer to be looking at a windmill in the distance than looking at a chimney spewing up. Yeah. Coal, um, mm. And there are a number of, of windmills around the Kilrush area. Yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Going out to see them. Yeah, well, Callan, I think, is quite a few. Yeah, I, I presume it'll be appealed to... Um, the on board. On board. They say that. from the time somebody decides to uh, go about applying for to build a um, wind uh, farm like that, it, the whole process can take up to 10 years. Yeah. Which is mm. crazy. 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 Mm. Absolutely. Can't, why it can't crazy. be expedited, you know. Tom, I just don't know. You wouldn't mind repeating that? From start to finish, uh, uh, to get a, a wind farm up and running, the whole process can take 10 years, including planning. Uh, for, you know, allowing for appeals, allowing for this survey and that survey and everything else, you know, to be completed. And who's paying attention to that? Are the decision makers? Well, I don't know, but there's, uh, in some cases it's the objectors that are paying attention to it, mm. you know, at every which turn, you know. I think the problem with that, though, is that, you know, a good idea, a good plan for something, be it windmills or be it whatever, the developers will forget about it and go somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. If and that has happened. Yeah, it which has happened. You know, no, yeah, you wouldn't make it too difficult yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, so yeah. our planning thing seems endless. It does. It does. Do you know? It does. Yeah. And then you add in judicial reviews and God knows what, and it's uh, you know, it, it, as you say, it can take ten years for things to. Yeah. Okay, um, Pat, this one is for you. 
I see 96 pubs have been closed in rural Ireland in the last 20 years. Are you surprised? I'm Are you in Clare now I'm talking about? I'm not, I'm not surprised, Tim, though. No. no, I'm not surprised because... Um, Yours was one of them. My, <laughs> mine is one of them. Um, I suppose it's, it's going down in, in a long time, really. And mm. um, I'd say some of the pubs is, that are there in out in the country are, are struggling, you know. And um, I suppose um, since COVID came in, uh, it, it's been worse. People were at home and they, they, they didn't go. They, they got out of the go habit of going out. You yeah, know. yeah, they got out of the habit yeah. of going out. Yeah. yeah, and some people drink at home as well, as well which isn't great either. And um, as far as the cost as well, which you know, the drink driving, which would have been part of it, and uh, and the smoking, back back the years would have been a lot of you know a bloated. Do you think the smoking but, ban, when it came in in the mid noughties was a, was a factor? Well, it was, it was for some people. It was for some, for some people, but um, uh, the, the costs associated, I suppose, as well. You have, you have, you have rates and you have uh, you have high rates, and no matter if you have no customers, you still have to pay the rates. And insurance Pat, if you, you notice when you drive around the countryside, mid afternoon, the doors of pubs are closed, and the properly accompanying notice saying, open from 7 o'clock to mm -hmm. 10. You look, on the, you're just back from Canada, and uh, you were in a nice warm area. Mm -hmm. And notice how uh, young people enjoyed themselves. They're sitting at tables outside, yeah. okay, having a, a bite to eat. They're, yeah, they're all uh, eating. Yeah, they're eating and... Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there's a bear there as well, but uh, you, you, you're having, you're having, you're, you're eating, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. and I was in, I was in, we were out every night over there, and uh, that was the way it was, you went into, you went down, there's a, 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 an Irish pub, don't care, me the far to across the mm. and um, she said, oh gee, I can't think of the name of it, there's one in Galway as well. Yeah. And uh, the name, the same name as one over in Galway, well known place, but. Anyway, we went in there, which was all food, and there was nobody up with the bell. And if like, you, you want you, to promote that. You bought a pint, and yeah. you, you bought a, a pint of dagger with your dinner or whatever. So if you consider that that's a, a, a good social development, then we should, we should see to it that uh, existing public houses have a sufficiency of space outside mm -hmm. to be able to put tables and over, or, uh, shelter overhead. Yeah. You know? But... In fact, we have some difficulty in dealing with that. In many towns, there's a negative attitude towards it, okay? The, the, the argument you hear is oh, the path, the pavements are too narrow. Well, then if, if it's a worthwhile idea and a cultural change taking place, then promote it by looking at your architecture. You know what, I mean? what do you think? Well, yeah. in Jordan Covert, and I had, and I had the, the bars and the, and the restaurants in the likes of Venice and yeah. maybe the bigger towns uh, put out put out their tables and 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 and, all, and there was people who were eating out but that's, that has gone again now John I was in Venice like in the, all those tables that were around the town and around everywhere around I'm not there anymore yeah so I don't know what supposed to maybe the weather like uh, weather probably is a factor over in Toronto I, I was there for the week and the the, the, the Temperature was 25 degrees up until 10 o'clock in the night. Oh, lovely. You know, just 10 o'clock at the night, you were sitting out and it was, yeah. it was 25 degrees or 20. Yeah. And it would be cooler after that, like, yeah. and people were going home then, like, anyway. Yeah. You know? yes. My brother in law owns a pub, runs a pub and restaurant in uh, Cleggan. Mm. Yes. And 
for years, his turnover is more than 70% in food. Yeah. It's so is that the future for some of those rural problems? Yeah. 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 Doesn't have to be Michelin star. Okay, the, the food, there's, a huge amount of, there's a huge amount of, uh, like, you, you, you want to have, let's say, you want to, if you're turning out a pub into a restaurant, you have, there's, there's a huge expense in it. Yes. You know, you want to be... Uh, want to get a kitchen up to scratch and to yeah, satisfy yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, environmental a, health officers. Huge and, of, uh, huge expense. Yeah. 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 Mm. But it seems that that is the only way that they can survive. That's all, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, anyway. See, it's like, just going back to, to Rantoul, I, I didn't see any problem. I was asking the lads, I was asking my sons, when we were out every night, when we were around the, we were around the city, I was asking the lads, is there any problems? Any, any problem you can go in and sit down and have a yeah. pint? Mm. No, he said, it's all, all restaurants and... By have a drink and eat, have your meal and have a drink. And uh, in fairness mm-hmm. to the two brothers from from Kilgarvan, what do we call them? Yes. The Healy Rays. They made a play uh, some years back, didn't they, for consideration to be given to the the senior citizen who lives on the periphery of a yeah, of yeah. a town. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe uh, comes in. To, it's a survival thing for him, really often, isn't it? Mm. It's social. It, it, it is essential kind of, survival. Yeah. yeah, it's not the amount of alcohol he's no. going to drink, but rather the social company uh, yeah, that's yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, really. I remember I was, I remember I was, there was a hunt in the Black Sticks at the time. I was going to that up to a good few years ago now. Of a Sunday, and we used to have a couple of hunts there. But, uh, the East Clare Harriers were there, and there was people from Kilrush, um, back Kilrisel, uh, down hunting. Yeah, and there was a man inside sitting down. And he, he had to be in his daughters and his son down and they were out hunting and he was inside having a drink. And he was never in the black sticks before. And of course we had soup down and we had the fire on and everything and soup and sandwiches and all from when they can't yeah. go and take. So he says, this is a grand place now, he says, of a Sunday evening. The government thinks it should be, should, be, should be giving grants to people to keep these places open. Yeah, because they're be, They will be in time, he says. And, mm. and there was a man beside him, they won't, he says, because it'll be all gone. They won't give them. They'll be all gone. They'll be they'll be closed. He said, they're all gone. And then there was beside him. And they are closing rapidly, aren't and they? Happen, they're closing rapidly. It just happened now, yeah. John. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. pubs out in rural areas are. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you go from here to Nisnow, we'll say uh, two well known pubs there in Cluny, um, yeah. Nagy Hinches and uh, Duggins are closed. Two institutions, really, of so, yeah, East yeah, there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the word institution mm. is yeah. very And the Black Sticks is an institution. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were all shut down. They all hit their own things, you know. OK, we're at half time, Pat, and uh, you have the responsibility of providing music for us <laughs> for the break. Well, uh, the, the Irish rugby team are going to France now, uh, Jim, so... Um, we have Bonnie Tyler with Lost in France, so we hope they don't get lost in France. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully they won't lose. I was lost in France in the fields the birds were singing. I was lost. You're very welcome back. You're listening to local media this week on Scarif Bay Community Radio, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography, and we're very grateful to Ruth for her sponsorship. Uh, we were, and that was Bonnie Tyler with Lost in France. Uh, during the break, John S., you were lost uh, underwater. 
You were looking there on the Clare Champion, I think, at on page four. Page four. At an underwater map being yeah. comp- compiled. That's right. It, it, it's Andrew Hamilton has written about it. It's a fascinating possibility. Imagine, imagine being able to see the floor of our coast, you know, and what's in it. And we know that it has been over the years, over the centuries, the coastline has attracted quite an amount of boats to their ultimate uh, fate. Isn't that right? Even None go, more going back the, to Spanish Armada. Absolutely, yeah. Spanish Armada. Now, there has been a huge project underway. That is to map the whole coast, coastal strip, all the way around Ireland. And in the article by Andrew Hamilton, uh, there's a photograph of the SS Premier that went down uh, over 100 years, uh, 100 years ago. Interestingly enough, Nothing of the Spanish Armada has been revealed. As yet. As yet. Or if it has, it hasn't been revealed. Is someone yeah. holding it? John, a lot of those, well, I'm sure all of them were wooden, wooden construction, I suppose, you know, Spanish Armada. In, oh, the Spanish Armada would yeah. have been wooden. So uh, the, yeah. the wooden structures that be gone, you might just be lucky to find cannon or something but, like that. But, but that would be, be well good, buried. Though, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. They feel yeah. that, that, you see, the area between, um, around mm-hmm. the Cliffs of Moher, and up the, the west coast into Mayo, that that w- and into West Donegal, that that would have been, you know, rough terrain under under sea. Yeah. But I suppose the real yeah. reason for doing this survey, John, is that they're talking about this offshore wind farms and absolutely, things, you know, and so they want to survey what's on the on yeah. the, the floor of the would the, the would the bay. would not be preserved to some extent it underwater. Depends. It depends so if it's buried in the sand, in the sub, in the subsoil. Yeah, 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 yeah. But going back to, to Tom's point, from now on, any company thinking of, uh, you know, using our seas around Ireland for wind farms or whatever, from now on, when they make an application, they will have available to them the actual maps that are emerging out of this geophysical, this study. Of the seabed. Of the seabed. And it'll have a, a, a profound effect on the location of uh, wind turbines. Wind turbines, yeah. That, you know, it's going to make it fascinating and interesting. Mm. And particularly in the estuary and what have you. So the spin off from the surveying is we'll find more of those wrecks, hopefully. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you will, of course. And I that. see it was sugar that yeah. it was carrying. 600 tons, Jim. Yes. yes. <laughs> the, the fish should have a great time. Oh, oh yeah. But, but just a final point about, about this. When the motorway building in Ireland commenced, and from the early experience, it influenced uh, attitude towards the archaeology and alerting the actual developers to archaeological discovery. And a massive amount of material has emerged from the motorway yeah. uh, archaeology. You're going to have, that's the point Pat was making. Something from the water as well. From the water yeah. as well. So that's page four okay. of uh, the Clare Champion. Champion. Hedge cutting, I see Pat, there's a grant. Are you going to apply for this grant for hedge cutting that uh, has, is, is now yeah. available? I think you know the application for the hitch cutting. It probably wouldn't be, it would tell me what your while going with all the, the red tape that would be involved in it. But anyway, 
You're going to see that uh, something... Uh, uh, is 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 15,000? 15,000. Is that per person? Oh, 15,000 for the county, I'd say. For the whole county? <laughs> I think so. Okay. They wouldn't buy diesel for tractors, would it? Yeah, 50 kilometres, uh, 50 euros per kilometre of hedgerow will, will be paid subject to certain conditions and available resources. So I look at it just there every year, but I don't know, uh, well, some people, some people available, I don't know, but I, I know that I have hedges and I get to contractors to cut them and I don't even bother the time for it. When is the season one. for hedge cutting open? This, the 1st of September. Oh, 1st of September, yeah. yeah. Until, the, until the 1st of March. Yeah. So there's really a six month, well, yeah, five month period that you can yeah, cut. Yeah, well, everyone cuts them now. Everyone will be cutting them now from September and October. Sure. Like, yeah. So the, a lot of the ditches are grown out, you know. They're the grown country. out halfway across the and road. And I was talking to a lady over there, and she, a woman over there, and she, she said she, she was reading an article on, on, on a book recently. And she said the birds don't even, don't even nest on the ones, on the, on the ditches by the road because they are wild and eyes. They yeah. move away from the, from the. Yes. Don't, so don't, we can, we could cut away, really. They could be cut away, really. Okay, we some of the roads are, are extremely dangerous. Yeah, mountain stuff just growing out. We go on. In part one, we were talking about boundary changes, where Tom was going to be possibly shoved back into Galway, back oh, home, yes. where, back yes, home yes. where he'd be delighted. But uh, I see the Gardaí starting at this weekend are, are changing. So we're now in with Tipperary here in East Clare. And we weren't and consulted about it, or <laughs> we certainly weren't consulted about it. And, uh, we're, I suppose, whatever the rights and wrongs, we'd be kind of wary about going back in under Tipperary. <laughs> Why? <laughs> History, John, I suppose. <laughs> History. Hurling. But, uh, but actually, I mean, there is. I see Parik has a piece on it there on page eight of the Clare Echo. Okay, listen. The, one of the things I'll have to say is, though, there, there has been very, very little information uh, given about, mm -hmm. the, yeah. about this change. Uh, it's just as the head, Parik's heading is Killaloo and Scarif added to the Tipperary Guard, the division. Um, so the, there's no information on it, really. Who is, who is in a position to give that information that you're looking for? I'd imagine the Guard, the press office would be would be, or, or maybe at local level, there needs to be uh, somebody, maybe the superintendent or whoever it is. Yeah. But um, the, the headquarters is going to be in Innes anyway. The, uh, the, the very clear division is going to be in Innes. Yes. Innes is going to be the headquarters. But, but they. Ali Baker looking after Killaloo. Yes. So I suppose maybe the chief oh, no, superintendent would be yes. somebody who would who'd have the. But there's been no information given. Mm. So. As a matter of interest, could I be permitted to make a personal observation? It's not, it's not actually associated, it's indirectly associated with the whole Garda thing. Does anybody ever consider the psychological advantage that uh, attaches to seeing a uniformed Garda on the public street? You see, you'd always hear, we're more effective in our cars. <laughs> get there more hmm. quickly. I don't deny that. But it has, in the last 25 years, as the trust of the Guardian organisation changed. Hmm. Gone into cars instead of on the street. Uh, at least hmm. to have one walk the street hmm. at critical times of the day. Not, not just to show that yeah. we're here. John, I think the change since I came to East Clare anyways, 
that the guards that are stationed in the area are no longer necessarily living in the area. Indeed. You know, if they're living in the area, they're very much immersed in the, in the community and the community activities, I think, of the day, yeah. Teddy Laurie, you know. And, you know well, in Toronto, the, the, the guards were, or the police were there on the streets, and they were, they were on bikes. And you'd see them on a regular basis, and it's supposed to be these electric bikes, but they'd be usually a male and a female, they'd be going around together. And they'd be doing traffic if there was a bit of traffic. Yes. Uh, they were tra- I was asking Michael about him, and he said they were traffic tra- traffic police. Yeah. And they yeah. were down around. They were down at the at the Niagara Falls, and they were there. As yes. Well. But just they were there around, uh, you know, um, visible light. But uh, they were, yeah. And then they were doing they were doing a bit of traffic um, uh, thing in the evening, uh, something mm. out traffic yeah. in the evening. There was a huge crowd around there. And there well, the there. funny thing about it is in in Ireland they put Gardaí from walking the streets into cars some years ago, and they called it community policing, <laughs> which, yeah. which is, uh, you know, non-community yes. policing. Contradictory. Is it, I mean, is it like the, the, the story with the teachers that you were talking about, or the health professionals? Have they been trying to cut back, cut back, cut, cut back, back over yeah. the years? Um, because if, if you have a guard that, let's say, in Scarif and who's regularly walking around, or he's walking around Fetal or she or Tumgraney, or, or Mount Shannon. You need more Gardaí. Of course, we have to spend the money. Mm. But, uh, in general, we don't have that much uh, anti-social behaviour in, 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 in the small towns. You would probably have them in the cities a lot more. But, you know, like the Scarif, yeah. maybe, okay, the festival. You, 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 you probably need a few girls around, maybe around during the festival and things like There's that. There are special occasions. In, in general, yeah. in general uh, most villages and towns, you could say around East Clare, would be quiet. Right? You know? It would indeed. Yeah. But I suppose it's the whole thing of having somebody there yeah, yeah. that people can see mm. and people can talk to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they, they don't have to be walking the town they don't. and uh, spot trouble before it even begins. Yes. You know? And exactly. that's why you were talking about yeah. the late Paddy Lowry. Yeah. Or, yeah. or Pather Daly, yeah. they would have it um, they knew it sorted oh, before, yeah. before, before, before it, it, before yeah. it yeah. happened. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. If a young lad is beginning to act the maggot, let's say a little bit, you know, mm. somebody would take him aside and have a... A water exactly. they were, they were, Give they, him a the verbal... The were brilliant here. Oh, yeah. You know, they yeah. really were. They were. They yeah. gave a great service and, yeah. and you know, more is the pity that... The I said they lived the in the community, which yeah. is the important yeah. thing. No, I mean, look, the Gardaí who are, and we have them in every Saturday morning on Scarterday Chronicle. And they do give a great service as well, but I think their hands are tied and they're not enough of them. But okay. We'll what's, what's, happen, yes, what's happening in Dublin there, I will say, in, in Temple Bear and all that. Yeah. All that. I see there was, there was one fellow here, I don't know he was on, he was, he was bowling 21 times in the last, in the last year. He, he what? He's half, he shot broken into 21, 21 times in the last year mm. in Temple Bear. That's every fortnight. Yeah. Okay, we'll go on. On page 16 of the Clare Echo, uh, James Tracy has the full page on, on page 16. Um, the headline is, A photography course in Scarif could earn graduates €100,000 and could be a stepping stone to university. Um, and it's, it's a piece there about James's activities, yeah. which he, he works very hard. And there's an advertisement down at the bottom. Half the page, yeah. And in fairness to him, he does say, like, it's not like a hundred thousand euro into your pocket for nothing. You have to work hard 
yeah. and and promote Un, yourself. Yeah, and, and unsocial hours. Unsocial hours, and that's you know that's honesty. But uh, yeah, James is is very active yeah. uh, in terms of covering events and covering weddings, and he does drone footage. Yeah. Um, so and he you know his work appears quite a lot in the local papers. And I suppose across the page there, Joe, we have um, uh, all the officials of Clare County Council out in Milwaukee at the, at the big uh, Irish Fest in Milwaukee there, uh, Councillor Coney there. The yes, chair, with the chain of the office. The mayor of Clare is there, and, yes. and the former mayor, uh, Tony O'Brien, is there. Yeah, he got going again. He got going as well. Okay. They're all out there in, in Milwaukee promoting the, the county. Yes, absolutely. It's it's. Great. And look, you, we would hope, I mean, we, I know we were talking about this last week, but you would hope that the personal contacts made out there mm -hmm. is something that would be, um, you know, would be fruitful. David Clinton has doubts about it. Yes, for sure. <laughs> That's why we've Tom Endy in today. <laughs> okay, uh, delays about the post office and delivery of post. Um, there has been some, I suppose, activity and some work being done uh, by, I see, uh, PJ Mason was, was one person who spoke about it. I'm just looking now to see which... Uh, oh, yeah, it's on page five of the Clare Channel. Page five, yes. Uh, staff shortages and lack of holiday cover blame for postal issues. Uh, one post has apologised to East Clare customers who have experienced an, an interruption in their normal service in recent weeks. Postal service in parts of East Clare was seriously disrupted over the last two weeks due to an alleged lack of holiday cover. Post office activist PJ Mason said in that there were staffing shortages due to lack of holiday cover in the sorting office. He expressed his concern that some residents and businesses in O'Callaghan's Mills area did not receive posts for a number of days recently, while residents in Broadford had to contend with receiving the two days last week. See who's concerned locally at the haphazard approach by unposted your daily delivery. Of course, this, um, of course, maybe they don't have the cover, I don't really know, you'd imagine that they're... they're it seems hmm. to be more in the sorting office that the shortage of staff is rather than on the, uh, yeah. on, on um, the street, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, according mm. to that. Yeah. Would you notice, Tom, your post is not being delivered every day? or <laughs> I don't get posts You don't get posts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's usually a, a welcome thing, you know, because... And the, well, <laughs> the bills will still come. The two, yeah. even if like they're are too late. Let's say utilities are nearly all online now at this stage. Can you know? So you'd be yeah. worried if you started getting seen two ones with windows coming in. You know? I know. Jim, in case in case we forget it, there's there's a lot of thought going into the development of the square and the and the heart of the scarf, isn't that right? No. That's right. Okay. Yes. And there is at the same time there is over in West Clare and the Lynch area and the surrounding areas. Uh, there's a trouble over parking fees. But we put up the, the, the car park, all right, but we now pay for it. Kind of thinking, that's the kind of thinking that, that is emanating out of North and Northwest Clare. Yes. What do you think uh, would be the reaction if having provided the car park in Scarif, which is badly needed, usually, some smart Alec, uh, some official, decides that now, Scarif, you can pay for it. So we're going to charge X pennies per hour 
in the new car park at the back of McNamara's, mm. right, or elsewhere. And the second point is, what about the um, uh, time? Parking here, uh, one hour. Who's going we, to manage it? How is it managed? We don't have a facility, do we? We don't, but I suppose, well, I think parking for one hour is fine in the heart of a... You don't want someone, will say, parking and leaving the car there all day. Yeah. Uh, you, you want the parking areas around the, the commercial premises. But how are you going to but monitor I, it? I'd say this, this, this is very well. Huh? Well, there were an awful lot of parking in the summer, John, up in, 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 in the Hinch. And there's just two, hours, two euros for three hours, which isn't an awful lot of money. Five hours, uh, five, five um, all day parking is a fiver. You know? All day parking. I'm, yeah. I'm interested in the monitoring. Yeah. You put I'm, up a sign I'm saying, convinced, oh. John, that if you look at all the busy, we'll say retail centres around the outskirts of Limerick, um, one of their big pluses is free, there's, yeah. there's free parking. Yeah. You can just drive in and do your shopping yeah. there. You don't have to worry about time or But that kills else. the village then, doesn't it? It would. It would. But I'm, I'd be afraid that uh, creating parking charges would be very detrimental to a place like Scarra. Indeed. I, I agree with you, by the way. You know, but that's what... That's well, what this is, the Hinge to see. The Hinge is, is going to be a busy place all summer, John, and they probably want to... to, to well, they want to be in if Bob, and if the, if, the, if the money goes back into the Hinge, why, why not change it? I, I wouldn't have any... I wouldn't have probably paying two euros for three hours. You pay, you pay a euro for an hour and it's Yeah, minutes. but it's into a small place. A small place, yeah, but I don't know. I don't have any small places that don't. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't think so, no. Listen, we need to go on because we're almost there. We won't solve it. Next weekend, we've got a 10K and we've got a show in Scarif and they're both featured on page... It's page 12 this week, by the way, in the Clare Champion, rather than page 13, which it usually is. But um, there's a group of... Uh, Strange-looking people there uh, on in the show field with some horses and gates and signs. So that's uh, the show on Sunday next, this day week, and on the same day the East Clare 10K, which is to support Scariff National School and the GA Club here in Scariff as well. So it should be a great, a great family day out. Both oh, events. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean the 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 show, the agricultural show. It has been striving to restore itself, you know, like in days gone by. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, and it needs a good day as weather. Well, all these outdoor events are mm. weather-dependent. Weather-dependent, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were down in, we were down there in our Brian's, our Brian's Bridge, our Bridgestone show, and it's a great show, we were able to do weather. Terrible this year. Was it? Terrible, yeah. I see Clean, Tom. Cold rain all day. Tom, you're looking at... Uh, a matchmaker there on page 13 of Not the Clare Championship. A matchmaker, nearly the matchmaker, isn't he it? Is, Willie yes. Daly. His, Pat uh, O'Brien's friend. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I thought he was retiring from business, you know, that the internet was killing his trade, but he still has a big book there in front of him, isn't he? Oh, the big twine around Yeah, it. the twine, yeah. yeah. There's nothing seems to have changed there, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's have you ever done business with him, Pat? What? Have you ever done business with Willie Daly? No, I haven't done. No, no, I've interviewed him, alright. Wait a minute, no. We interviewed him. You know, listen to John very, very well, okay? And we're dependent on you to, to tell us how does one introduce oneself when you go down there? And what age were you when you went there first? 
Yeah, I was young, John. I was only about 20, maybe. 20? Yeah. Were you and what awake? brought you to Liston Varney? Huh? What did we bring you to Liston Varney? Yeah, a bit of fun, and we met a few nice, nice women. It was grand as well. And there tell are. me something, at a, without telling me any of your own business. <laughs> at that time, was, was there more of a, an emphasis on meeting a, a partner or a possible partner than there is now? I wouldn't. I don't think so, Jim. Or was it? You went for the crack. You went for the for the crack, and if we, if we met some nice nice girls, so it was. Is that, that right? That was part of the bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We also had a lot more places. We'd say, like the Bandilac and Castle was a great day for the afternoon. Really. Bandilac and Castle was uh, there was a. Uh, and what would happen there? The bar was there, and there was a dense, a big dancing area. But that's not there anymore. Bandilac and Castle is gone. And I was in, in Fano. I don't know who was in Fano. It was another afternoon. Do you think there's a market? Do you think there's a market for uh, a return to the older Liston Varner dancing and the well, it's the same the way. The court and it's the, the same way. It's the same way now, John. As uh, that time. It's the same way. It hasn't it? changed. So, are you encouraging the guys like ourselves to head west? Well, a lot of a lot of elderly people go there as well, and they go up and they have a few drinks and they have a rest and they have, they go on the holidays there and all that kind of stuff as well. well it's all that kind of stuff we, that we're struggling. Well, John, to John wants more detail, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're we're almost out of time. Um, Sean Shannon, uh, on a very sad note, yeah, passed was, away last week. A very promising I think it's, young it's, man. He's there on board papers, Jim. Uh, to the pity, uh, young young fellow was only eighteen and. Um, very talented young very man. Very talented pianist and uh, learned himself and um, he was out in um, Slovenia on his own and um, he got drowned and he was uh, in a very scenic lake area and uh, his clothes were found on his phone and all that stuff and um, it was found in the lake. Terrible. So it's sad, it's sad to see him, he was, um, he was supposed to be uh, very talented, he was at the, in the Royal Irish Music Academy. And uh, you, you didn't too easy to get in there. No, it? only the best yeah. get in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's a so picture of him there playing at Glore, yeah, I think. Yeah, there's a lovely picture of him there with, um, uh, there with the, the, the piano in front of him. And um, it's a sad for himself and, 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 and his family as well. And he's self-taught. Self-taught, self yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, listen, we've reached the end of the line on the programme. Uh, many thanks to all of you who joined us, to John, uh, Pat, Thanks, Jim. To Tom, who subbed manfully, yeah. uh, to Luke, who pressed all the buttons, um, and hopefully yourselves at home, hopefully you enjoyed some of the chat of what was in the papers. Please go out and do get the local papers. Subscribe or buy the Clare Champion, pick up the Clare Echo, and maybe also subscribe to the uh, online version of the Clare Echo, which is, brings everything right up to date all through the week. Now, uh, Pat, have you uh, a song for us to go out? We had oh, Ronnie yeah, Tyler know. at half time. What are we going to we'll, have we'll, now? I think we had Elvis last week and we'll, we'll finish out with him this way with Moody Blue. With? Elvis Presley. Mo Moody Blue. Moody Blue from yeah. the King himself. <laughs> okay, thanks, Pat. We'll, we'll finish on that. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, with the help of God, we'll see you again uh, next Sunday at 2 o'clock. For now, from us, goodbye and God bless. Well, it's hard to be a gambler betting on the number that changes every time. When you're
think you're gonna win You think she's giving in A stranger's all you'll find Yeah, it's hard to figure out What she's all about But she's warm 